This is Americana Podcast, the 51st state. We've all heard the common phrase, a master of none, in reference to an individual who is versatile, flexible, and knowledgeable in multiple pursuits. Regardless of who the person is, we're not really surprised when an artist is an avid reader and writer, nor are we shocked when a mathematician takes interest in subjects like music. The term master of none suggests that having multiple interests and being good at them is just part of the deal, part and parcel. In today's vernacular, a master of none is good at most things, but not great at all things. And that's okay, it's desirable. The full phrase is a jack of all trades, a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. The trick lies in versatility. A jack of all trades is inherently more valuable than master of one. And that is because a jack of all trades is able to provide an example of multiple skills. We probably all have someone like this in our lives. They exemplify passion and payoff and time management and balance. We're fortunate to be working in a genre that encourages a master of none premise, if you will. It's not an infrequent occurrence to see Americana artists in particular to be delving into multiple projects outside of music. And I'm not saying it's just an Americana thing. There are plenty of artists that do that. But it is something that I have found is a kind of a trademark of artists working in this genre in that most of them have other projects going on all the time. Our guest today is a master of none. Elizabeth Cook, born in 1972, is the 11th out of 12 children, and she released her first album in 2000. She released another one recently, but since her start, she's made over 400 Opry debuts. She hosts a radio show in addition to hosting a filmed fishing show, and she voices an ongoing character on the show Squid Billies, and she just always seems to be on the run to her next gig, whatever it is. So join us today as our host, Robert Earl Keane, speaks with Elizabeth about her busy schedule, her songwriting, and maybe he gets a couple interview tips. I'm your producer, Clara Rose, and this is Americana Podcast, the 51st State. My name is Robert O'Keen, and you're listening to Americana Podcast, the 51st state, where today we have our beautiful, wonderful, charming, fun guest, Elizabeth Cook. Hello, Elizabeth. Well, hey, how are you? I'm doing really well. Um, I wanted to start off by trying to uh, polish off some of my memory here. We first met in Atlanta, is that correct? 
Oh man, I'd have a hard time putting a town on it. You know, yeah. it's more like I could see a backstage or something. You know. Yeah, I think um, it was at a city fest or something that there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. And mm-hmm. I, th- the first time I remember, like, I was probably pretty freaked out to be honest. Mm-hmm. The first time I remember, mm-hmm. like, really talking to you was you came on my radio show and we were talking about the Stryker brothers Ah, and that I, we, I was out opening for you on your Christmas tour, which mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they can be fun. Can, we had, we've had a lot of fun with them. I'll have to say, and, um, and your, your guest slot was great. Um, we've had different uh, guests uh, over the years and uh, yours was definitely a highlight for me. So. Yeah, oh, thanks. That. Well, yeah. I just have my little little folk show, but uh, I know that Shawnee Ribs has done it. Now that's a good show that, too. That had to really rip it up. Uh, you know they, you know they bring that whole band, and um, they're they're really fun to be around. And uh, at the end, we uh, did. Uh, I think last the last time we did it in nineteen, we did it uh, with we uh, ended the show with shiny ribs. I think we sang the age of Aquarius. If you can imagine, you know, only because he's involved. I can, I can't imagine that. <laughs> totally can. Uh, so uh, another time I remember we shared uh, a hosting, not a hosting spot, but like a, um, a spot where we delivered a award at the Americana music awards. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and I remember that very well because <laughs> I read over the script they wrote us and I was going, oh my God. And, and it was like supposed to be funny or humorous. And, and I look at this script and I'm just going, this is not war. This is not. So I climbed up to like to the third or fourth floor there where you, you were seated up there in a dressing room at the, at the Ryman. And, yeah. and I walked in the door and you went, this is terrible. We're not going to do this. And I went, oh, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> there was no way I was walking out there with you in front of all those people and saying that stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you said, we're just going to rewrite it. And I said, okay, great. And, you know, whatever we came up with, we got to laugh. So it was, you know, for me, my money, that was, that was the best way to <laughs> at least be in that situation was get a laugh. Yeah, totally. So, uh, you know, I always found just when I, I met you or talked to you that you're really outgoing and friendly. Do you, consider yourself an extrovert as in let's see here's how i define an extrovert a person that goes into an elevator given there's one other person or a room a whole elevator full of people and the first person starts speaking is an extrovert right definitely not me Ah. for sure if there is like a part of the carpet peeling up i'll try to crawl under it to Mm -hmm. avoid having an interaction with Mm -hmm. another human (laughs) No way. Yeah, very much so. And it's, you know, it's kind of an occupational hazard that you have to present your art in performing. So Mm -hmm. you have to kind of have to kind of get over it. And my daddy was very hard, like strict about me being um, friendly with people. Mm-hmm. Because he was super friendly with people, and I guess he wanted to be me to be part of the show, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to also make an effort to be. It was a good thing to learn, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I'm um, when I definitely when I need to be at times, you know, to be able to engage with people in a comfortable way is a really good skill to have to with somebody you don't know. You know, it's not an easy thing to do for me. No, I, I, I understand. So you're the youngest of 12 children. Do I have that right? 
the, um, I'm 11. I'm the 11th. You're, you're the no, number 11. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, of 12. So can you do that uh, uh, goodwill hunting thing where you can just rattle off all the names of your siblings? <laughs> no, definitely not. It's a, it was a blended family. So that's a little misleading mm-hmm. that there were um, 11 of, of us because mm-hmm. actually my dad had five kids by mm-hmm. a marriage and my mother had five kids by a marriage and then they mm-hmm. each got divorced and got married and had me. So I have 10 half brothers and sisters and I was the 11th child. Wow. From oh all, and the only one from their union, which happened mm-hmm. late in their life. They were in their forties mm-hmm. when they mm-hmm. got together and mm-hmm. had me. Whoa. Uh, it must have been a house full of, at times, I guess, huh? Yeah. There was a lot of coming and going, but um mm-hmm. they were mostly all grown and you know, the right. youngest to my to when I was mm-hmm. born was already eleven years old. So mm-hmm. you know, pretty by the time I'm in uh middle school or late elementary school, everybody's gone but mm-hmm. me. That- and you grew up in Florida, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and what, what? Wildwood, wildflower? Wildwood. Wildwood, wildwood Florida. Wildwood. I'm a wildwood weed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll get we'll get to uh, to your music in a little bit, but um, you are so busy as like an artist, a social influencer, media innovator, cultural agenda driver. Um, how do you ma- <laughs> how how do you manage all these things? Man, I don't know. That sounds like a lot, man. When you put it like that, yeah, golly, um, yeah. I don't know. You know, I probably because I don't put too much effort into any one thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's important. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been fortunate too that um, that I'm just able to do it and have the support to do it and the help and the mm-hmm. you know enough comforts in life that I can be able to do that kind of work and mm-hmm. in all those ways. So yeah, it's it's good. Mm-hmm. So um, do you strive for a, a, a balance and what what radio so? We're talking to Elizabeth Cook here on Americana Podcast, and uh, there's so many things, radio, television, stage performing, network. I mean, uh, do you tend to expand on the favorites and let the other ones go, or how do, how well, do you balance just, that it, stuff? I mean, the, it, to tell you, the universe just kind of does it for me, you know, because mm-hmm. something old, like, there'll be, when, when there's a hiccup in something, like, for example, touring just went away, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, that. Uh, there were other other things to ask. There was still the radio every day. That didn't go away. That was mm-hmm. normal as could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like, if anything, it gained importance to to people and to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it, but then, like something, I had the fishing show, or just I'm making mm-hmm. a movie with this um, these cool people. Uh, there's just always something mm-hmm. I I toy around with the baby trying to write a book and I'm always like writing songs is the number one thing for Mm -hmm. me. That is the most important in my heart Mm -hmm. and soul. What I feel most gratified by what Mm -hmm. I'm most excited by Mm -hmm. is writing a song that I feel like is good. Mm -hmm. Nothing makes me feel better than that. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the movie. Oh, um, with these cool people. And uh, it, it was exactly one of those scenarios. It was like, 
my agent, my manager weren't talking because of some other artist or something. And I ended up with like no shows for like three months. And I was like, mm. oh crap, what am I going to do? I'm home. So I started like rifling through emails and stuff and trying to remember folks that had reached out to ask me to do stuff that I had been too busy to do mm-hmm. uh, and, and just didn't do. So one of them was uh, with this lady and I was like, I don't know, you know, but I don't really want to make a documentary. I don't know how cool this really can look to anybody. Um, it when you know, put under a microscope and mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I wasn't really also just not completely trustworthy of media, of course. Um, so uh, <laughs> in general, the general mm-hmm. sense, you know, but so she came and she was like looking around my house and like taking it all in. And I was like, no, this is not going to happen. Um, but then we just started doing a few little shoots together along and along. And now it's been over three years and um, they have a lot of success. The production company is called Big Mouth Productions and they just did like Michelle Obama documentary and they win a lot of trophies and stuff. I'm really lucky. These two ladies are awesome. And um, so, yeah, we're, uh, you know, starting to shoot some other scenes. It's all very early. I mean, this could take 10 years. I'm serious. It's already mm-hmm. taken three, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, I probably shouldn't even be talking about it at all, but, um, that's, uh, that's the movie. And, and, and it's a documentary style movie about you, Elizabeth. Cole. Well, kind of, but not now as much. There's fictional scenes and there's actors mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. But I think that there will be like documentary elements cut into it, mm-hmm. um, that were, captured like that so it's i don't know these women are brilliant and i think they're artists so i'm just gonna let them do what their their art is you know and um yeah. that's you know i went into business with them to do that so i'm not going to try and micromanage their you know skill set that i don't know anything about i'm gonna marry my neighbors on my street i'm gonna It's given your um, busy busy schedule, all these things that you're involved in, uh, how, what's the solution for cooling your jets, taking off, relaxing? I like to watch TV, mm-hmm. um, just anything. I mm-hmm. like to get into a good series, you know, a good television series uh-huh. like on HBO with like great mm-hmm. actors and uh-huh. really just go all in. Um, a, a favorite one that you're watching now or you've watched recently? Uh-huh. Probably the most recent one that that's actually one that I watched for the second or maybe third time was called Big Little Lies. It's on HBO and um, just a lot of strong female leads. And Nicole Kidman is in it. Um, Laura Dern is in it. Meryl Streep's in it. Um, Reese Witherspoon's in it. Like it's it's strong cast and really artfully, beautifully done uh, story. So I've, I've been watching that. I've started watching Dickinson, which is the, um, it's on the, the light or based on the life of Emily Dickinson. Uh, wow. And uh, her, it's, it's pretty uh, interesting approach they've taken. There's like hip hop music in it and stuff at times. And 
um, she's just like a bratty teenager, but she's writing and it's, it's cool. It's, it's mm-hmm. already, it's fun and it's fun. So I've, I've been starting to dig into that. Oh, Ted Lasso is a good mm-hmm. one. If nobody's mm-hmm. watched Ted Lasso, I recommend Ted Lasso is on Apple. Anyway, that's what I, so I clearly spend time doing that. It it just takes me away, you know, that and maybe a cocktail. And, yeah. <laughs> or I like to go to Target, you know, and walk mm-hmm. around. Sometimes mm-hmm. I like to go to a, like a nice department store mm-hmm. and walk around, maybe spend a little money if I can get away with it. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, just, uh, ride down the road, ride around in the mm-hmm. car. Just mm-hmm. go do some bullshit errand just to ride around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good uh, one. That's one you can do in the middle of the day if things have gotten too intense and mm-hmm. you just need to pop the clutch. Like, Yeah, always good to uh, get out and get the wind in your hair a little bit. Uh, so you've created uh, you know, your fishing show and your ra- radio show. And, you know, th- indulge me, please. But um, any, uh, you know, share some hints on how to create a successful show or what you think a successful show really needs? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think probably, probably is going to be part of like, what, what does success look like to you? You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of it being a successful show. Mm -hmm. And for me, it just needed to be something that was sustainable and, you know, likable enough for people to still want to listen to it. So for it to be sustainable for me, I just have to like not be trying too hard Mm -hmm. um, because of everything in my busy mind and uh, busy life. So, um, so that's been it. And I think because of that, maybe it's, um, it feels non-pretentious to people because there's clearly not a lot of preparation in what I'm going to (laughs) say. And um, so it feels conversational and real. So it's in a way, it's just a happy accident. I think that um, people like it because they feel like somebody's just talking to them to talk to them, you know. Sunday morning And I'm falling I got a feeling I And uh, the most uh, harrowing uh, experience you've had uh, in, in any of your shows that came out on the on the plus side in the end, like where it was all going to fall apart and then it just it came together, you know, oh, right like on, the, on the radio, yeah, show? radio or your TV show. Oh, yeah. kind of, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, all of them. God, I could think of a million. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, they're all a miracle. Every day you can ask like my Jeremy Tepper and any technical support that helps me at Sirius XM that it is a miracle every day. Um, <laughs> but well, the very first interview they ever asked me to do was with Carlene Carter. Carlene's like super cool to me and I've mm-hmm. loved her for a long time. So I had her into the studio. They, this is the first time going into this place. They like give me the keys to the studio and they tell me like where the on button is. And it's like a Saturday afternoon. There's nobody in there. So I'm behind this engineer's thing and getting it all done. She comes in. She's awesome. We have a great conversation. And then they told me that I didn't turn her mic on. 
when I to record it. So they didn't know that I didn't do that. So yeah, that didn't work out. And just the other day, get oh, this is a good one. All right. I just gotta say this one and and then we move on. But just the other day, because I'm so used to doing these Zoom things now. And I, or talking to a journalist on the phone and I don't have to be the one to record anything. Well, right before everything kind of shut down last year, I did it. I had done an episode of Squidbillies where I'm a voice on that cartoon, you know, so I had done an episode of it and they had got me to record myself and send them the file, which was unusual. I usually go to like some fancy studio, Blackbird or something and, you know, do the part anyway. So we're back and it's like, last week and so they get the producers on and I realized there's roofers at my house so it's going to be too loud so I'm just going to go sit in my car at the park and talk on and do it on the phone but I didn't re- record it I didn't even think to record it they thought I was recording it so we went through the whole thing acted out the whole script with the producers on my on the line and mm-hmm. nobody recorded it so I had to do it again <laughs> And this time I went to a studio with a professional engineer. <laughs> yeah, get, get it right. Uh, how many episodes of Squidbillies have you done? Oh, gosh, I don't know now. Um, I've probably been on for five, six or so seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a recurring character for a while. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they've they got some exciting uh, an exciting season coming up because there were some pretty big staff changes based on an internet scandal um, or, or cast changes, I, I guess. And and so mm-hmm. the lead character uh, was replaced and um, it's been replaced by somebody really uh, unexpected and amazing, like a, like a Saturday night live cast member. So um, I'm really excited to be in the next season of Squibillies with um, these actors. Uh, and I'm just Going with this, uh, when you do that, let's say in a regular time, uh, you know, when they shoot these uh, little documentaries or these pieces about people doing voiceovers on animated uh, pieces uh, in the same room a lot of times with some of these other actors? No, no, never. No. Um, uh-huh. It's it's much more piecemeal to, together than that. That would be so fun. And we actually yeah. have done live performances of a script um, uh-huh. with a cast on stage. Which is wow. we did on the Outlaw Country cruise. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the writers wrote an episode just for the cruise, and mm-hmm. it aired. They shot it, and it was awesome. But um, so that was really fun. But no, it's usually just the producer and then um, Jim and Dave, the the writers and creators of the show, mm-hmm. and they are. I have the script in front of me, and they're sort of setting it up, and they read me in, and we talk about it, and do different takes and I'll ad lib some and we just it really just laugh and mm-hmm. carry on and they record it and then they edit it all together. Reason is to feel this way. Rolling Stone has seen its day. All my feelings, all my fears were confirmed with Britney Spears. talk about uh, your music let's i'd like to talk about your songwriting process uh, we, we pay a lot of attention on american kind of podcast but to the songwriting so um 
the, as far as like sitting down and writing and um, uh, a, a routine, do you, have a, do you have a routine, for instance? Yeah, God, I wish I did because I'd have a lot more peace with it and less mm-hmm. anxiety about it if I, mm-hmm. there was a routine, probably. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I uh, am usually never sitting down to write when I start writing a song. I'm doing right. something else and something just interests me and say something, sing something. I typically grab my handy new uh, phone, handheld recorder, my phone, mm-hmm. and and capture it. And then I usually move on. And then if I get one of those precious windows of time where the house is quiet, my picking parlor's cleared out, things are chill on the on the home front, the business front, then I can go sit with it and just, you know, play around, take notes, try to try to flush something out, see if I can continue it, you know, and if it mm-hmm. feel, gets legs. Mm-hmm. It's just a it's a fun challenging uh process i love it Mm -hmm. tell us about your picking parlor is that your studio or yeah well it's many things Uh (laughs) this house is uh will forever be under renovation i guess but um the the, it's it's an old 50s ranch house so the front part it's got that old formal formal living room that's like splits there's always the in the middle of the house would be the den and the formal living room and they'd be kind of split down the middle um, so this is like the formal living room part. Um, and mostly it acts as my dressing room about, I don't know how many square foot of it. It's a big room. And then one end of it is, um, full of instruments and weird furniture and silly art and, um, candles and cool chairs and, um, lamps and, that's that's that little room. I have a pink um a pink velvet chair, like a hot pink velvet chair that I really like a lot. You you write in the pink velvet chair? Yeah, a lot yeah. I do. Yeah. 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 It's like the little work spot. I got my little ecosystem set up around it, you know, a lamp right over my head and right. a music stand and a you know, a little end table and a tiny little mini work desk and so you write with other you write with other people as well, right? Is, not that much, no. Not much. Um, yeah. Boy, I really never anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I did. I had a job doing that on Music Row, right? Uh, at, for, like working for a publishing company. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had uh-huh. for six years. I wrote on Music Row, and um, yeah, that was a real, I don't know, like contradicting place for me to be. You know, I uh-huh. just. I just had all this inner conflict all mm-hmm. the time because I wasn't just, and it just didn't feel good. You know, I just wasn't getting liking what the rights felt like and the songs and everything that I wrote that I thought was cool. I also hated because I thought nobody was going to like it and it was mm-hmm. just going to get rejected. Um, so it took a long time to keep getting to do that and get away with it mm-hmm. you know is that so wrong
record i have a question about uh uh i I liked all the songs let me say that elizabeth but the one that i I was trying to dial in as far as like exactly what happened is uh, bayonet um bayonet is about um a woman that is very fish out of water in Mm. mexico Mm-hmm. That back in her hometown and with her family is a is a scary place because they all feel it's super violent. But the relationship that she is in back in her hometown is so bad and dangerous mm-hmm. for her that she's actually mm-hmm. safer to be alone mm-hmm. um, and fish out of water in a small town in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's all about, you know, say whatever you want, but. Ain't nobody here tried to kill me yet. You know, not uh, like not like you, not like you're gonna do. So, you know, this is this is fine. And I have tequila and I have parties uh-huh. and pinatas, and so it's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I like the I like the whole story and the whole idea about it. I was curious about is it about a singular person or is it about like the group, like you just said? Uh it's a just it's well, it's definitely um Huh, I guess it's like it's just about the one person. I mean, the woman that's there and it's, she's singing about this one relationship. You know, um the one romantic interest that was uh very dangerous for her. Right, right. Yeah. I I I had I think it was about my third listen that I figured out that the that that person was still alive somewhere in the world. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I definitely want to avoid that person. I definitely do. I have a canteen and my neighbors have a grill. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with our interview shortly. At Americana Podcast, it is our goal to define and explore Americana music in its 20,000 leagues. From established deep divers and songwriters to artists just getting their feet wet, we cover it all. And with help from our very own personal Captain Nemo and musical connoisseur, Will Vote, this is Will's Pick. James McMurtry, Canola Fields, from his upcoming album, The Horses and the Hounds. It's been six long years since the world has heard an album of new music from the one and only James McMurtry. For a prolific and talented songwriter, that's a really long time. His new album titled The Horses and the Hounds was just announced and is set to drop August 20th. The album reunites McMurtry with producer Ross Hogarth, who produced his first two records and mixed the 2004 classic St. Mary of the Woods. Austin legend, hot-handed guitarist David Grissom adds his skills to the mix, as he did on several early McMurtry releases. Recording the record in Los Angeles, McMurtry acknowledges a definite LA vibe to the record. 
and he goes on to say, the ghost of Warren Zavon seems to be stomping among the guitar tracks. Funny he should evoke the name of Zavon, since his own gifts with words has always made McMurtry feel like the logical successor to Warren Zavon, or perhaps even Bob Dylan for that matter. From his first album, McMurtry had a special way of crafting words and sentences and lyrics. And sure, maybe being the son of a celebrated author has a root in that talent, but that's all James at the end of the day. With the release of his signature song Choctaw Bingo in 2004, McMurtry served notice of his genius and expanded the scope of Americana music forever. Over the course of eight and a half minutes, McMurtry sings 662 words that paints a vivid picture of rural America that is rarely captured in a song. It's a brilliant and memorable piece that solidified his legacy. Canola Fields, which is the first track released off the new record, is the tale of a 30-year-old love affair that begins with images of canola fields in southern Alberta and travels to San Jose, California, and ends up in the streets of Brooklyn. It's a great song, thus making it Will's You carried your keys in your fist and Then away back corner of a crosstown bus We were hiding out under my hat Cashing in on a 30-year crush You can't be young and do that You can't be young and do that Take my hand, Marine Take a death grip on some part of me Keeping it from drifting far out to sea Or I'll be lost out there Or I'll be lost out there Welder, you know, uh, that, this record had some really cool, cool songs on it. And, and again, uh, you know, maybe not what I would, I, I don't know, the, maybe not the hit or anything, but I just was particularly intrigued with the way you uh, did uh, Mama's Funeral and and somewhat had a, it was, it's like an out-of-body experience, not as if you didn't have great empathy and, and sadness for what was going on, but it was also really, strangely objective in some ways and i just thought that was a very cool perspective of that kind of song well thanks that's an interesting observation about it that i've never heard anybody say before um and i can i mean maybe this will help unpack that it's just that i was definitely not looking forward to having that funeral, of course, because you never want to have that funeral, but I didn't want to have an event and I felt responsible for throwing an event and I was exhausted and grieving and I resented the pageantry of the whole thing. Um, and maybe that's just, I was in some sort of anger moment of grieving, but um, when it came together, the way it came together was so beautiful and helpful and healing to me that I realized what an asshole I've been for my cynicism. <laughs> and, and I wanted to remember the special things about it. I didn't want to forget them. Mm -hmm. So the worst memory, I feel mm -hmm. overstimulated so much of the time that I disassociate or whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. um, and I really just wanted to you know how sometimes you just, there are certain stories that you just tell over and over again your whole life. And it's just because you're still fascinated by them. Mm -hmm. um, and you want to remember them or you're still processing them. And so that's what 
I was trying to do. I was like, I need to remember what all happened there. Cause that was, right. I was, uh, that was an eye opening experience for me in a way that I didn't foresee. Well, for me as a listener, I really loved it because it, it was, it wasn't punctuating some real drama and it really gave you this great sense of being there. It gave me a great sense of being there and, and understanding what was going on. And, and also just the way you kind of dropped the word funeral at the, at the end of the, at the end of the uh, verse or, or the course. And, and it just sort of like, you know, that's it folks. Here it is. This is how it was, you know, and yeah. I just had a great, great. I, I, I love the way it was. It just, it felt good Thank and you. it felt like you were there. Yeah. Thanks. I yeah. probably am taking a page to be honest from Lucinda uh-huh. in that instance, because, um, you know, that song, I don't know if you're familiar with that song of hers called Paniola. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So she talks about after there's, you know, there's a suicide in the song. And after that, how they went down to the house to see what had to be done. They changed the sheets on the bed. They like some very just sort of tactile details about it that for some reason break your heart. Right. Um, so I always loved that song for, for taking me there in that way. Um, so yeah, probably trying to capture something like that. Another one I liked from uh, a welder was uh, uh, El Camino. Now, look, I have to say, <laughs> I like El Caminos anyway, but I just thought that was a great treat. <laughs> to, to, are you a fan of El Camino's, the car? Or? Yeah. You, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love about all cars, but um, yeah. there's something charming about them all. But um, mm-hmm. I re- yeah, yeah, El Camino's are cool. Mm-hmm. I like muscle cars mm-hmm. and just cars that have a vibe, you know, <laughs> and um yeah, El Caminos are special. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought I thought the the, you know, uh, or the your cadence and the way that you present the song and the and the production around it really pretty much captured what I think about an El Camino. It was a really cool, <laughs> cool song. Uh, no, I grew up with an uncle that had El Caminos way back from the very beginning, and we was always he'd get one about every two years, and you know we'd all look forward to seeing the new El Camino. Really yeah, and you good. know, isn't it really more than it's about the El Camino? It's about the person that drives the El Camino, mm-hmm. you know, because <laughs> that's a s- specific thing. De- definitely, definitely. Uh, and um, I-, I would say, um, you know, one of uh, your songs that uh, got a- got a lot of attention from balls is sometimes it takes balls. Yeah. This- yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was this your personal statement or was this a, like a, a grievance thing or what was going on? <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I said it to the girl that I co-write, co-wrote that with. She was actually um, a girl that's like a country star in Australia. And she had come to Nashville to make friends and write with people. And she was at the Opry and saw me and reached out to, about writing. And she had a real situation with um 
her record company and her husband was the president of the record company, all this complicated stuff. So she was telling me about it and it was always just horrible. And I said, well, sometimes it takes balls to be a woman. And um, (laughs) she was like, well, let's write that. And and then it just wrote itself in just, you know, 30 minutes. Um, Uh She put all those fancy chords in that outro. Um, (laughs) And, um, yeah, it it was wild. It was just, it was such an honest little, little thing. We thought it was funny. And, you know, Australian folks aren't super bashful um, mm-hmm. and they're in their sense of humor and stuff. So it didn't seem like any big deal to us. Um, but And then it went over well live. Uh, it started mm-hmm. going over well live when I would just have a little chance to get up somewhere and play a few songs. Mm-hmm. And Nancy Griffith heard it. And she took me under her wing in such an important way um, mm-hmm. as a female singer songwriter um, and her having garnered a lot of respect as a singer songwriter and being a female. Um, she, she was insisting that I be included in the pack, I think. And yeah. um, you know, she, yeah, she, she would have me over a lot and she would have people over a lot. And that's where I first met and talked to Guy Clark and, Mm. um, you know, started annoying him and, um, uh, just a lot of great writers, Rodney Crowell, Buddy and Julie Miller would be in and out. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so many, um, I, it was at her house where we listened to Houston kid start to finish Mm -hmm. just to having a party there at her house and just a group of friend musicians and how much we were cheering for Rodney Crowell mm-hmm. and Houston Kid came out with a moment that we all knew, you know, when we played it, everybody knew, like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's just so important. So that song, she really loved that song. Um, mm-hmm. And so that helped really change the trajectory of my career so much mm-hmm. uh, out of the music row, you know, salt mines where I had been. Man, and not in a gangster kind of way, but in a perv kind of way. You got a lot of nerve driving that kind of car and taking me fishing out to the park. You're like some dude on blow in that movie Boogie Nights. And this Friday night, you want to go to the fights in your command. You know, I'm so glad you uh, hear you speak so highly of Nancy because, um, uh, I don't know, you know, the, Nancy has a lot of fans. What uh, people don't know about Nancy is how generous she is and how much she really cares about the songs and the, and the music and how, uh, you know, she she goes out of her way to make sure people know about you. I, I, I was a recipient of some of that, that same generosity as you yeah. were. And um, yeah. I always, you know, I, I just, I don't ever feel like I've ever even done enough uh, to give back to Nancy for all, Me all the things neither. that she did. Her. Yeah. And that, that tribute record has got to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. It's on my mind. Um, I hope it's on other folks too, but mm-hmm. um, exactly. She is a mother. She is mm-hmm. a keeper. You know, mm-hmm. she's just kind of this mate um, at this point, matriarchal figure and right. was before her time, just very convicted about the health and passion of her, um, 
I guess, the health of her passions, uh, mm-hmm. which was uh, music and singer-songwriters and mm-hmm. country music and what she thought was good and what she thought was important and very mm-hmm. convicted uh, mm-hmm. and tough about that. And, mm-hmm. um, yes, that was a really good day for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, uh, uh, yeah and, uh, and that's another thing. She is tough. Yeah, she's something. She's very special. You move too fast. I stay too long. And I'm afraid we're making up another heartbreak song. I take my time. You come on. What I want to talk about now, Elizabeth, is uh, Americana music. If you could, uh, like, these are just some things that we like to define and expand the whole genre of Americana. So um, would you consider yourself an Americana artist? Man, I, yes, because I have been officially asked to be at events with that in the title. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that is how I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I really am have to be careful with myself creatively about any type of like box I would try and put myself in from a creative standpoint. So I really mm-hmm. try to not spend a lot of time like, you know, what is this? What is that? What is this? Mm-hmm. But it's, but then people want to know, well, what kind of music do you do? That's the first sure. thing. So somebody that's a potential fan will, will ask. Right. Oh, it's just the worst. Um, <laughs> it's a real catch 22 because uh-huh. I, but I'm sure because of my accent and where mm-hmm. I come from, I'm, I'm sure I'm country. I'm sure mm-hmm. that um, I'm Americana. I'm sure that I am, um, got Southern rock in my live band shows. Right. A lot of that, it is a full on rock show. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a folk singer when I go out and tour solo. Right. Um, you know, I feel like, I feel like all those things, you know, uh, happen and then the sort of the breadth of me, um, making music, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say that pretty much define an Americana artist. I, I think Americana music, uh, encompasses all, all those all, all those di- different uh factions or styles of music um uh, that that's that's what you know I, I i found talking to other people uh would you let's say uh living or dead three quintessential americana artists um yeah okay. no wrong, right or wrong answers here just i just right. yeah, yeah yeah but i just want to i I always I always give these answers and then later I'm like I did not think of the obvious mm-hmm. one to, mm-hmm. to me, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, no, uh, I should have uh, said. Um, you know, I'm gonna say Jimmy Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um because he was behind so many, you know, mm-hmm. that went on. Yeah, abso- from, yeah, like, absolutely. You know, that would have spawned Ernest Hub and you know, right. there, there's Woody Guthrie and mm-hmm. and then if I would pick another one. From like another generation. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Steve Earle. Mm-hmm. Um, 
his Southern rock vibes really resonate down where I'm from. Uh-huh. Um, and then the singer songwriter aspect is right. so deep seated in that cool Texas cowboy thing there. Right. But, you know, but then if you, you go into Steve, then you got to talk about towns and then, you know, guys sure. in there and you're in there. Right. Um, so it's, it's hard, but that crew, y'all's whole mm-hmm. freaking crew. And mm-hmm. then modern day Todd Snyder, I think is right. so important. Um, Absolutely. With what he has to say and how he says it. Um, yeah. But there's so much. I mean, I've, I'm finding good music, new, exciting music to me all the time. Right, right. There's a lot out there in there. That's you got to look for it, but you'll yeah. find it. Yeah. Yep. Well, you got to look uh, for it, but yeah, it, so. is, it is out there. Uh, uh, you, uh, you know, what you would consider maybe the quintessential Americana song? Uh, if, there, if there is one, just your pick. Uh, maybe like this land is your land. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the first one that pops in my head. Right, um, right. I just always love that part where, and maybe this is like, because overall it's an irreverence to genre. Maybe so that that part of the lyric where he talks about, you know, he sees that sign. Mm-hmm. And it said welcome or whatever, but then on the other side, it didn't say nothing. <laughs> you know, it's such right. a great point. You know about about yeah. signs. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that side was made for you and me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, absolutely. So we're at the lighter side, Elizabeth. So uh, your favorite Floridian country artist? John Anderson. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I, I was just uh, listening. To, I was listening to uh, Seminole Wind uh, by Donna the Buffalo the other day, which is a really good version of that song. By oh, yeah. 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 Really good one. I love that song. The John Anderson that, you know, there's also um, Tom Petty and there's the mm-hmm. Leonard Skinner roots there. So that's tough. Right. But right. if country music, John Anderson, um, you know, how about, Tom. How about, Gary, how, about, how about Gary Stewart? Oh, hey, now. This is a man <laughs> that knows what's up. Um, <laughs> absolutely, Gary Stewart. And yeah. I've got some very close friends that that would have definitely been the first name out of their mouth. Yeah. yeah, what a what an unusual just lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. uh, country voice and force he was. Mm-hmm. I, I've been uh, friends with Dean Dillon for a number of years, and that's how we got together. We were just sitting there. Uh, I don't know how it, it just ran into him, and I don't know I, for some reason it was on my mind. I said something about Gary Stewart, and he just went off on like greatest honky talker in the world, you know. Really, <laughs> kind of, well, he did some records with uh, with Gary Stewart, so it was pretty cool. He, he had a had a lot to say, but man, uh, I got wow. this drinking thing. I think I played that a thousand times when I first heard it. Just kept playing it over and over. Your dream card? You have a dream card? Oh yeah, dream card. I really like those late seventies, early eighties. Um, Camaros, mm-hmm. Trans Ams, mm-hmm. 
Stingrays. Grit Girl Cars, as they say. In like, I like that Stingray Corvette uh, era very much. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I like I like those old heavy muscle. And I like trucks. I'm just the redneck. You know, I mean, that's the mm. truth. I like mm -hmm. trucks a lot. I have a big old, uh, one of those old BMW X5s. So it's a huge, mm -hmm. and I love that thing. I terrorize mm -hmm. Nashville in that thing. <laughs> so uh, as far as uh, being a writer, a creative person, Within 24 hours in a day, is there a consistent creative flow time for you that you recognize in yourself? No, I, I wish. Um, yeah. There's times when I feel like um, I get more ideas falling on my head. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, it's it feels hormonal <laughs> related. Um, <laughs> to be honest, it's just like what happens to women. And, you know, we get somehow our feet get held to the fire a little closer there for a minute. Right. And, um, it's like a, a lot occurs to me, um, that uh, in those moments, but then in terms of like actually doing the work, work, it's whenever, no, it's just whenever I can get a clear day, you know, and you know how our schedules are doing this. It's, it's mm -hmm. a, a Tuesday can be a Saturday. A Saturday can be a Monday, you know, it's, um, absolutely. so, um, you know, just whenever I can get one of those beautiful days, quiet days to just sit with everything's the best. Uh, uh, last question. I have an, another little section, but um, last question on the lighter side, what's coming up for you? There's a few one-off festivals mm -hmm. um, here and there, but uh, we're kind of still laying low. I'm going back into production with the fishing show because mm -hmm. we have to shoot a season of those before it gets too hot. Right. Um, and um I'm writing for the next record. So mm. I'm busy all the time and still it feels like doing promo and things on the, on the new one. So, uh, it's just not, it's just all nonstop really, but touring, touring, like, uh, in the way that I was, it's, it's not on the books yet. I know that it's coming though. Um, as things are starting, things are getting thrown out there more and more. I'm seeing an uptick in activity concerning live engagements. So, um, yeah, I'm sure that we will look to uh, put something together before too long. Sometimes it takes balls to be a woman. Standing up to a test while wearing a party dress. one elizabeth is called the lightning round and these are just either or questions a couple of multiple choice questions so um i think there's 10 of them on this deal anyway here it goes ready uh yep. confectionery sugar or cinnamon confectionery sugar conch fritters or movie nachos conch fritters <laughs> bait caster or spinning reel um uh bait caster Top water or bottom fishing? Top water. Compression or reverb? Reverb. Digital or vinyl? Uh, either. I, uh, I'm not. Yeah. Vinyl's fun. Vinyl's fun. <laughs> tequila or mezcal? Tequila. Uh, Seminole wind. This is the song Seminole wind or the song wildflowers? Oh, come on. Seminole wind. Yeah. <laughs> Queens and Kings. 
celebs and legends share in common Donald Sutherland David Hasselhoff Luke Bryan the Dalai Lama and Elizabeth Cook uh, if you throw in Hunter S. Thompson it's my birthday oh there you go I didn't know it's Hunter S. that's it you're right okay. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. yes that's right. it okay <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's that's it uh so um uh, this is our uh, final one on the lightning round um it's an either or question, a meet and greet or a lifetime supply of conch fritters. A lifetime supply of conch fritters. <laughs> every uh, day, all yeah. day. Uh, every day, <laughs> every day, all day. And uh, our, our last question has to do with the B3 here at Americana Podcast. We feel like the B3 is does not really represent the beauty and the uh almost spirituality of the organ called the B3. So we were looking for a new name for the B3. Would you suggest one? Oh, hmm. I'd call it like a surf machine. Ah, man. You know, it's so great to get these, <laughs> these answers, a surf machine. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, Elizabeth Cook on Americana Podcast, the 51st State. It's so great to have you here. Elizabeth, and thanks, thanks for taking the time. And sorry for the little bit of glitches that we had here, but um, I really enjoyed talking with you. No worries. It's such an honor for me to talk to your legend, mm -hmm. and I recognize mm -hmm. that. And um, someone, one of those people just trying to follow in your footsteps, so really appreciate uh, the attention and having, uh, having an opportunity here. At this time, we would like to thank our host, Robert Earl Keane, Mary Spar, and our guest, Elizabeth Cook. Americana Podcast is brought to you by Keane Productions and American Songwriter. Produced and edited by Clara Rose, mixed by David Beck, with original music by Kim Warner. Until next time, let the music play. <laughs>